Welcome to the Mala Movement podcast. Each episode, we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health, and mindful being. We are so grateful that you're hanging out with us. Let's dive on in. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 25 of the podcast. I've got hey, Mark. everyone, I am back. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're we're here for a van life episode. Yeah, we, it's been a while. Like we're like for me, anyways. It's been probably six months since I've been active on social. Did my first post last year, actually yesterday. <laughs> Backed it up with another one today. So I'm on a roll, and now we're recording a podcast. So yeah, you're on a roll for sure. <laughs> it's a struggle getting in here, but even just like to record podcasts in the van. Like apologies if there's background noise, but it is what it is. Like we just yeah to record episodes. It's a little bit more challenging these days but yeah yeah we're we're rolling with it yeah i i haven't been as inspired to do them um only because i'm still like i'm still in reflection mode like from from last year to this year and now um i've been inspired because we when we go to i guess different places we meet different people and and we met a guy yesterday is or the day before his name is adam and he like we had this awesome conversation about life in general and what we're doing and it just like lit up a fire inside of me again. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, gonna get it back on board and um, get back on the horse. So here I am, and we are gonna break down today's episode. What are we talking about? So well, pretty much van and life. So van life, but talking about the van build, the process, all the things that we love about the van, things yeah. that we might do differently, yeah. and then life. So the pros and cons of van life, yeah, really. So you really get to get behind the scenes of the process, the challenging, the challenges that we went through, how much did it cost to build, all that type of juicy stuff that everyone, if you're thinking about doing van life and, and, de- and decking out a van yourself or even maybe get some, someone else to, to fit it out for you, um, there's definitely the life part that we want to share about as well. So it's not just about the van, it's the both together, but we're going to break it down and give you guys some juicy information and, and some experience that we've had along the way. So let's fire it off. Yeah, and just also to add, we're going to do some questions as well, common questions that we've been getting, like where do we shower, uh, like where do we park our van, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, what are some highlights? Um, And, yeah, we get that on the road as well. People are just so curious. As soon as we open up that side door, it just, like, it blows them away. They're just like, wow, it's the best Ford Transit we've ever seen. And and the only reason why it's that way is because Laura is a great designer. She (laughs) she really picks some amazing features and colours and... I'm somewhat an average builder, and so <laughs> and so I've I've pieced uh, some of the obviously all all of the uh, cabinetries together, but it's we wanted to give it that home feel vibe, not the RV, the recreational vehicle or a motorhome vibe, where it's really this laminate sort of everything's not like we added tiles, and yeah, we understand it's a bit heavier, but when you open that side door, it just you, you end up being this billboard for for van life, but what we were about as well trying to trying to live more intentionally essential have the essential things in our life and and go down uh that minimalism sort of approach but anyways i digress what are some of the things we're going to be talking about today laura yeah so how long did it take to build the van itself i think i think before building there's that dream there's a dream of of wanting the van so how long has it been since we we thought about it and I remember we were living with your mum and sister and there was a stage where you, we were, were contemplating options of like where could we downsize so we can save more money, not to, not to buy a house but to buy a van and then 
and then use use whatever savings we've got to travel and to invest it into our businesses. That was the that was our mindset mm. vision going forward. It wasn't to to buy the latest boat or jet ski. It was really is really so then we can develop ourselves and then be a bit more free. So- yeah, and we probably had that thought. Like I remember mentioning it to you probably a year before we actually came back to that conclusion of yeah, let's do van life. Yeah, it was probably a year before. We had that. So um, I'd probably say close to coming up three years, I think. With the idea that the idea seeded, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Within just two, under two. Yeah. yeah, just over two and a half years. Two to three years. So yeah, that that was the the initial plan, and then it came back to us mid last year when shit was going down south in Melbourne, Victoria, and we sort of just had that contemplation of like we wanna we wanna live on acreage, wanna be for we wanna live a little bit um, away from the density, I guess the population and just the, the crazy craziness that's out there. And so we we made that decision and we purchased the van. So that was, and that was during lockdown. So we broke lockdown rules. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> How? We, there was a 5K limit and we went and picked up the van in packing. No, but that's, that's sort of like <laughs> if someone's moving houses or moving home, You've got really? that. You've, you're okay, allowed, yeah, right? we had so, an excuse. <laughs> so I classify as that, right? But right. anyways, we end up picking up the van, and we weren't, we didn't even, we weren't even able to test drive it because it was just only a pickup only. Yeah. So all we saw was what what video clips um, Becky from Southeast Commercial sent me, and then I we just pulled the trigger and we're like, yep, let's do it. So we end up picking up our van for thirty two thousand dollars. And then we paid an extra two thousand dollars for extended five year warranty. So if any if it breaks down, they've got it covered, provided it's under the warranty, and provided you service it every six months. So that's mm. that was um, something that we wanted to put on, having that peace of mind, and knowing that the van has low kilometers. I think that's a bonus as well. Some vans out yeah, there, yeah, we sort of paid for that too. Yeah, yeah, so that that came to the price. So if you look at it, it's thirty four thousand dollars we spent on the van. And how long did it take to build? Oh, back to that question. <laughs> so to build, it was it was I'd say part time six months only because la- end of last year I was TAFE teaching and then half part time I was working on the van. And a lot of the times for me, because I've been doing building for the last say twelve years, you get over building, right? And I know there's a lot of tradies out there that they don't want to come home and and keep doing the same thing that they were doing for the day. So so it did take take time and for me there was a lot of research to do because my trade isn't in cabinetry um, because carpentry in itself is such a broad uh, trade and it has a lot of different sort of specialists within it. So yeah, learning to to do all the cabinetries, the fact that I didn't have a drop saw nor did I have a saw bench, it was very, like I had to go very old school clamps and, and levels and straight edges to cut straight cuts of the cabinetries. Um, but so if there I, was a lot of figuring out. Yeah, a lot of figuring out, a lot of processes. But if I were to do it differently, I'd, I'd invest in the, the right tools to get the job done a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so part-time six months. And we kept changing some of the plans and some of the designs. Mm. Uh, and that was with uh, me part-time helping. Like, obviously, if you had someone else helping out, like we got um, our brother and sister in to help paint one day. But, uh, they're, um, they're just gems, they are. Yeah, but... Yeah, it was sort of just like me helping out, carrying stuff and moving stuff where I could and doing some painting and did the insulation. But yeah, yeah, the, well, I was sort of like... I guess there was there were some delays like with lockdowns and we couldn't and we had to ring around, shops weren't open, it was yeah. like pick up and delivery was a bit delayed. 
But yeah, if I were to if I were to do it again, it probably wouldn't take me six months. I'd probably give it under two months, one one to two months. When you be, know what you're doing. Yeah, once you know what you're doing, you know where to resource, like get all your products from and your appliances. Like I know I calculated with the expense of the van build because I ended up keeping up keeping all the receipts and then ended up calculating it. it came up to be eighteen thousand dollars all up. I thought it was seventeen hundred. Just yeah, but you just want to round it up. You always want to round up because there were some things that that I might have lost some receipts and I okay. would have lost some some things I wouldn't have calculated. But because I think it was sixteen thousand eight hundred and something, and then we're rounding it up nah, to seventeen. Oh uh, yeah, it might have been, but I'd probably say eighteen just to be on the safe side. Okay, Mark. <laughs> um, and and then what what else was there? So we so that was eighteen thousand dollars, and then we got it insured for seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. But if I were to sell it now, I think van the van life sort of uh, movement is, is, is gone gangbusters. And I think if I were to sell it now, people would probably pay $80,000 plus for it. Um, I'd never sell it. Like, it's something that I'd always want to keep because it's such a practical vehicle. Mm. Like, even if it's just a weekender, we can just go drive wherever if we end up getting a house. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's a lot of um, pros to this, which we're going to talk about the pros and cons of van life yeah and if you wanted to like watch like get a little eyeballs on um the build itself and the gut out because it was an ex telstra vehicle or something so you can um yeah watch the little highlights i've saved all the gut out and the the build on our instagram marla.movement so you can always check it all out there if you like we like even re-watching it even though it was a yeah. pain in the ass to constantly record, Mark's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, baby, you're going to thank me when we can no, look back did, on it. No, you did a really good job and I appreciate you for that because there's times where you get frustrated in building that you just can't be stuffed recording anything. Mm. And although I, I did did um, do some recording, but Laura really sort of pieced it all together and she did a really good job. And so, well, yeah, check out the highlights. I think that's probably going to be a better resource than me trying to explain the whole building process and you you guys just falling asleep at the wheel. So, yeah. And yeah. also just with the cost of the van, like obviously we went over the top on some things. Like yeah. we didn't have to do like an expensive fridge that we've got an oven and a cooktop and like fancy taps and tiles. Like we didn't have to do all that no, and you, like Tazzy yeah. Oak um, bloody cabinets and stuff. So we did take it like next level a little bit. Like yeah. obviously there's like fancy ones out there, but we wanted to make it a home and that was important to us. Yeah. And even when we just started adding all like the final touches and little like Mark put his skateboard on the wall and little plants and just like photo frames and stuff, like that was – it makes it feel like a home and that's what we really wanted because obviously we're living in it and we, we're in a tight space. Yeah. So we want to enjoy being in here um, and I, like we still say I love our – we love our home. Ah, we get we get the best cuddle time to tell you what. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and because we're, we're constantly in the same space, we're constantly interacting, constantly just working around each other and, and that's the beautiful part is like – Laura, Laura is my fiance. We're we're at that stage where we're so connected that we we are in each other's space, but we appreciate. It and there's times where we've got to work around it as well. But going back to yeah, what what Laura was saying, like the van we picked and the the way we decked it out was really it's it's our it's the way we wanted it. So for those who are interested in doing like a van life build or even heading out on the road and doing something similar, 
you gave a really good tip to to or well, you mentioned you commented on Adam saying like because he had been traveling around Australia for a good month in his in his um, four wheel drive and tent so it's similar sort of concept of um, driving and and being a bit nomadic and and just bringing supplies with you so he has some experience so for those people out there maybe give camping a go before you sort of <laughs> yeah, want to jump camping. into a, a a van or something something smaller see if you can maybe live in your car for three days and just suss that out and just 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 buy your jugs of water have a little gas burn you can get a bunnies for 20 bucks just something like that you can even hire out vans and stuff yeah you can go camp is it camp campify i think it's called i think it's called campify campify where you can you can hire a van for like 200 bucks 300 dollars for a day or whatever it is Mm. so like airbnb and and just do a little road trip before you make the big investment, I think that's the the biggest thing. I think I, I, I find is if you can't live in a small space or you have this, I don't know, you, you can't you can't live with certain things. Then I think it's a good practice to try it for a short period of time before you wholeheartedly go into it. And mm. something like what what what's the dimensions that we're living here at the moment, Laura? It's I think it's like uh, what I read it Four down three point two meters by one point six wide. Uh, okay, so length three point six up until the back of the car seats, and then you've got the extra I would just say seven hundred mil of of space to sit down, and then so all up it would be four meters long mm. length. And the width of it is 1.6 yep. meters, and then the height is 1.8. I'm about uh, 1.7. Yeah, 1730 mil. Uh, that's how tall I am. So I've just got that little bit of headroom, which is perfect uh, for me to be able to um, do to- uh, calf raises at, in the van if, <laughs> if I need to uh, get the body moving. But apart from that, that's the that's the limitation you have. So you've got to really think about the space and what you put inside the van before you start adding like a shower and start adding like fancy stuff that you don't necessarily need. So it really comes back mm. down to the essentials. And everything, a big thing before we hit the road, because obviously it was taking longer than we expected and all of that. And Mike was like ready to throw in the towel, like let's just leave. But I was like, everything needs a space. Yeah. And I was like big on that. And I'm so glad that everything almost does have a space like i'd love to have a paper towel holder somewhere because the paper towel and the toilet paper just go on the seat (laughs) um, or the bench somewhere bunnies just doesn't have the design that we want (laughs) i think i'm gonna have to shop somewhere else um but yeah just having everything having a space or being really intentional about that was really helpful just to make that transition like you somewhat feel organized and that was really important to me anyway but Anyways, I want to go into what we would do different about the build because obviously we've learned a couple things. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'd probably say, and it's it's one because it always hits us every single day, is, is the grey water. So the grey water underneath the sink, that runs off and it goes into 20-litre jugs. So I've got two of them underneath the sink and every time I've got to empty it when it gets full, but there's times where it may overfill because we haven't been conscious of it, Laura. And there's times where, like, we have been conscious and we've we've kept that up and we've we've emptied it or Mark's emptied it. Yeah, Every- I've not touched it. It <laughs> smells so. It's just dishwater, grey water. Yeah. Just for those who don't know, like, grey water yeah. is just water that we've been washing our hands with and washing dishes, our dishes yeah. in. But sometimes food rolls into it, so it goes down in into the tank, and, and it so, smells. And it just rank. sort of like ferments and it stinks. 
and sometimes it wouldn't smell when we're in when we're just stationary like we're mm. we're parked up but when we're traveling it can leach out a smell when we're driving so that's why a few weeks ago i ended up changing the it didn't have a waste trap so essentially underneath your bathroom sink or your your your, your kitchen sink you'll have a what they call is a waste trap so it's a u-shape um pipe that fills up with water so then it, um sort of the the smell or the smell within the the pipes doesn't come up through to the the was it the drain yeah and so that doesn't leach back up into your room or in, into the kitchen and that so helped a bit yeah so i i ended up installing that because it didn't have that previously so that then it helped a bit but then the jugs itself needed to be cleaned out and so that was and you can't just clean them out like yeah we, we've rinsed them and it's you anyways push, i bought new yeah. jugs but lesson learned i should have i should have built the 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 gray water tank underneath the van as most rvs are the reason why i i did it uh inside because i had some spare jugs at home that i didn't want to go to use uh to yeah didn't want to throw it out so i ended up using that uh but yeah if i'm gonna do it again but i still will have the still install a gray water tank later on in the future yeah we will do that just more when we're stationary but yeah, it's this small when we open the cabinet, so it's still in a cabinet, but yeah, when it's sloshing around when we're driving, or yeah, when the tanks it just, were like... It just stirs the pot and yeah, it starts to stink. It's but, disgusting. But it's good now, like... Yes, yeah, well, we just up. changed this. Yeah. <laughs> we changed the tanks like two days ago, so they're not stunk up yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the pipe will go down and under the van, so that means, yeah, no no smells and we'll have a tap on it too so we don't have to fully like it'll all be fully enclosed yeah where at the moment mark is having to manually get it out like take the pipe out take the jug out yeah and then pour it out yeah um which isn't ideal and i understand but at that period where i had the option of going under mount or have it inside I just wanted to get the job done quick. Yeah, so. yeah. And where we empty, I guess some people might be curious where we empty the grey water. So grey water, like we use eco-friendly, like yeah, grey water safe. Yeah, it's not contaminated at all. Yeah, it's grey water safe yeah. cleaning products. So we either just tip it down a drain or down a toilet or water a garden with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously we don't dump black water. There is, there is those easy dumps. <laughs> um, We've had a couple of oh, yeah, times just because dump. if we're, we're parked up at a caravan park, Mm-mm. We can um, have easy access and just yeah. Just in there, yeah. So yeah, we'll just do that. But yeah, I'm excited for the upgrade on that. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, and you mentioned installing a high vent. Yeah, yeah. So when you deck out a van, you want to dummy proof it. So you want to have a high vent and a low vent. And we do have a high vent. It's max fan, so it is a fan exhaust and a and a ceiling fan. However, when it rains, it, the hatch closes, so no actual air circulation is coming in. So you need a high vent to circulate air. So in case you fall asleep and all your windows are closed and there's no air coming in, and say, for example, gas starts to leak from the stove, and this is why the low vent's really important as well. So the low vent, gas is a lot heavier, so it will actually go down to the ground, and if you have a low vent, then it will escape out before... The monoxide you should have a monoxide um, detector and a smoke detect smoke alarm in your van which we do yeah we've got two smoke alarms and and one carbon monoxide detector and if anything happens it will go off so it's yeah. a it's a good way to set up and we've also got a fire blanket and a fire extinguisher which is mandatory to have in a recreational vehicle motorhome 
And the second, because you said we had two smoke alarms, the second one's in the battery box, yeah? Yeah, so that one was um, was an idea. Uh, Scott Davis, legend, he's a, he's a fitter and turner, um, old mate. He recommended, because they can burn out. If they burn out, it sends, obviously gives off. The batteries, yeah, yeah. the batteries, and if anything's triggering in the um, where all the electrical um, batteries are, then we'll be able to know about that if it uh, goes off. So that's a, that's a really good yeah. tip that he gave us. And the other one, I'd probably say we had a bit of a, a hiccup on the road. Mark got a little excited trying to clear, trying to like clean out the um, the was it the evaporator of the freezer, the side yeah. part of the freezer of our Bushman um, fridge, and. I went a little bit old school, so getting the knife and I started chipping away at Like our sharp chef knife. <laughs> it wasn't even like a butter knife. <laughs> if there's any traders listening to this, they're probably cringing right now because yeah. they're like, what What the hell are you thinking, mate? Um, I, me personally, I'm not a, I'm not a, a air conditioning guy, so I wouldn't have an idea. The only idea I had was a, was when I was a child, I, I remember seeing mum cleaning the f- fridge with a spatula and a knife, so that's the way I got that idea. Anyways... I started chiseling away the, the side of the freezer. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting somewhere. The next thing you know, it snags, and I he- and I hear this hissing, and like, it's like tss. gas is just releasing. And I'm like, <laughs> next thing I know, Laura's standing behind me, going, "What's going on?" And I'm like, like, "What did you hear?" <laughs> the fridge is making some noises, and then and you're like, like <laughs> trying to hold it to cover us. I'm not bad. I must have been inhaling all that gas because it got a little bit lightheaded. Um, you even got like a bit of reef, like a little yeah. bit of vomit came up. Yes, yeah, a little vomit came up. Like that wouldn't have been that great. But anyways, <laughs> it all, the gas came out and I was just like, okay, that, <laughs> that wasn't normal. Next thing you know, I ended up calling up um, Bushman, the company, just to see what, what happened. And the guy on the phone was just like, he was, he was getting more upset than I was. He was like, mate, what the hell were you doing? Like, you know, put that knife, like cut it up, put it in the bin, fire out. You shouldn't <laughs> What's have... your missus going to say? Yeah. <laughs> He was a bit more stressed than I was. I was like, mate, just give, give me give me the, what do I do? Like, do I take it to an air conditioning guy? Can I get the parts? Okay, well, if I can get the parts, then that's fine. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Anyways, we, we end up stopping over at Coffs Harbour and got it fixed there and turned out to be 550 or let's just round it up, $600 for the, for the fridge to get fixed. But what was the most painful part was actually removing the bloody fridge because what I, how we design and how I built it, it's really tightly cramped out in the front. So we've got like uh, the sink on the left side, we've got the fridge on the right side, and in between is where we can go from the cabin to back of the van. Um, and so where the fridge is, it's it's kind of all locked in. So, anyways, I tried to dismantle or not dismantle, but I tried to pull the fridge out, and I'm just about I'd probably say 20 mil shy. So. I had to take the door handle off and then eventually like, tried to squeeze it through, did a little bit of damage on the side of the sink um, cabinetries, but then I had to twist it 270 to then yes. get it a little bit more narrow, Some magic. pull it out, and eventually we got it out, and I was just like, wow, that was a mission and a half, and I remember yeah. sweating my tits off that day, yeah. and um, and then we had to get it fixed, and, and the other... The other I guess challenging part was all the food that we had, the frozen meat. We had, oh, we've got a, we've got a, a esky. I think it's an eight liter esky in our underneath our bed, 
which we have spare food and, and other stuff that we put in there. So we had to empty that out, fill that out with ice, and then put all our food in there. And every, say, two days, we had to change over the ice. Leak nearly every it day. Out. It was pretty yeah. much, yeah, it was annoying. But less Because there was a wait time for the fridge repair too because they were chockers. Yeah. And Bushmen were chockers. Like, just to Oh, get they were delayed. Yeah, they, they were del- all yeah. delayed because... Like, there's a, yeah, there's, there is a like, backlog, and I think everyone listening to this is, will, will realise, like, there is a backlog on deliveries, um, shipments, obviously because of the current climate, the situation we're in. I mean, there's a timber shortage in the building industry. Like, shit's getting pretty hairy out there, so... Um, not not to not to scare you guys, but it's just like we just wanted to get prepared. So that's why under our bed we've got some essentials where we keep extra storage of food just in case people are rushing to the shops for extra toilet paper or whatever it is. Because obviously we had heap like we stored way more food than we what we do now yeah. when we had a home. So we're like, yeah, we'll just fill one of our eskies, keep that. Yeah, um, which which you want to think about that. Like that, that's probably one mm. of the tips we can probably give away is. It's just stock a little bit extra just in case um, shit does happen. And say you're out in the forest and you've got no food in your your bloody fridge, at least you've got some storage, which is like some dried fruits. We've yeah, got. just canned food. Yeah, canned food. Um, dates We've stocked and a lot of oil because oil yeah. is, you know, obviously the fat, which has about nine calories. Um, yeah, sustaining. Yeah, just more sustaining. But just like basic stuff and rice that, that have like a long long shelf life, mm. which is really handy to, um, to, to, to cook and eat. Um yeah, so that, that was probably what I'd, I'd do differently is the grey water tank and I'd say the fridge space. Yeah, oh, just probably, yeah. like, cut down the sink size and that would have allowed, yeah. It was yeah. mainly just, like, 10 mil smaller on the sink size and we would have been pretty right. But another thing I would change because I chose the paint colour. So we were doing, like, we did, I wanted matte finish paint. And I realised when, especially when the boys were installing the cabinets, that fingerprints were just getting everywhere. That was and I Jason. Was, that was Jason. I pointed that finger. No, it was me too. It, wasn't, um, it was both of us. But it was just like getting everywhere. I was like, what the hell? Because we were originally going to do white cabinets and I was going to paint them all. And once I realized we painted the walls, I was like, okay, nah, I want timber cabinets. And I thought that would look nice anyway. So we went timber, which I'm glad about. But then we ended up getting gloss paint. So I've had a to paint around all little like pretty much once it was all fit out like the tiles were in everything was in i started like with a mini roller gloss painting all like the walls that were left does it like this so it's patchy ass yeah i'd say there's there's just the two different types of shades yeah you can see where it's matte and where it's gloss i'm looking at it right now um but yeah so i would just do gloss paint because even though like it doesn't look overly glossy but it just helps with fingerprints and just actually being able to wipe the wall down um and one other thing was just like the lock latch you always want to be able to lock your cabinets like we magnetize them but when we actually took it to what are they called? Oh, we, I had to get um, structurally engineered approved. Yeah. So when we took it to them, he's like, no, you want it to actually lock because if you get into an accident, there's obviously going to be Flying a huge objects. amount of yeah. pressure that it's more than eight kilos because yeah. our cabinets would hold eight kilos. Some of them have come a bit loose. Um, but I've just, friend. yeah, I've just pretty much put like how I've, how we've got around it is we've I've put I've installed baby locks that you can get from Bunnings so they're just like magnetic ba- uh, locks that 
you have a magnet that goes over the obviously the cabinetry where the timber uh, tazioke timber faces and where the lock is it'll retract and then you're able to open up the door so they're really handy if you've got babies and kids that go into cabinets and they start pulling on drawers and and stuff that you know cabinets that they shouldn't be opening but you can easily install that so you can get ones that just stick on or ones that you want to screw on so and it's you don't see it from the outside it's all on the inside so that was mm. a really good uh, recommendation that that we installed so then we can get the tick of approval yeah or we could have done other locks if we thought about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, what can you do? There's only there's only so much you can, you can do. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you work it out. Yeah, you can't always be perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now on to what we're actually glad that we did. So we've got dimmable lights that we love. We are so glad that we did the dimmable lights um, because like you actually want light during the day. I find it too dark in here just slightly. Sometimes during the day we keep the lights on. Um, We find that helpful. And um, yeah, at night it's really nice to just be able to dim the lights down. So glad we did that. We've got like our bed folds so we can access underneath the bed, which is our garage. Um, from both angles, which is cool, like from both sides. So the the bit that's facing towards the kitchen, that's our pantry sort of thing, our extended pantry. And then the back is basically all of Mark's tools and training equipment. Yep. And what else are we glad we did? Oh, with the bench flip, like we've got extra bench pieces. We've got two extra bench pieces. One flips up one slides in and slides out so that comes in like heaps handy because we dry the dishes on there or serve the um dinner on there which is really cool also installing heaps of hooks is really helpful like there's three particular hooks that we use all the time and another one another few that we just dry out like bikinis or mark's wet clothes on after we have a shower which Mm -hmm. is cool and the outdoor shower out of shower, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've yeah. really started taking advantage of that. So. Well, when you're a little bit in a place where it's a lot more sunnier, I think it's, and you're you're close to water as well, as in you can easily fill up the the eighty. We've got an eighty-five liter water tank. It's easy to fill up. However, like if if there aren't many water um, taps, then it becomes a struggle to have a shower because you don't want to you know waste away your drinking water. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah, pros of van life. So there's probably, like, obviously there's a lot out there on, like, how cool van life is and how much people have fun with it. Like, a, a lot of it is, like, already sort of sad. So, but we really like the location independence, being out, being mostly off-grid. Like, we've got our own power source and there's a lot less cleaning and we can travel. So they're all the pros, but I'm assuming like a lot of people are like, well, what's the cons? Like, what are the downsides of van life? So we really want to speak to that. Yeah. So some of the cons, it can be like, you're in a really cramped space, right? So you bump your head. Like I've bumped my elbow, bumped my head. <laughs> um, and I'm just, yeah, drop a few oh, it, ha- it happens, but you get it yet more conscious. So you have that spatial awareness. And I think people... <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying it alone. It's a running joke. Whenever she bumps it, bumps herself, or she does something like a little bit funny, I just say spatial awareness, baby, <laughs> spatial awareness. But that's true. Like you, you learn to 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 move in certain ways when you're limited in in the certain space that you have. And um, in that, Bruce Lee said, "Be like water, babe." You're rubbing it in. Um, another one is like amenities and toilets and water. So yeah, obviously, like we have a toilet. 
but we prefer not to use it. Yeah. So there are so many amenities, which is fine. Like it's more like obviously you've got to be mindful where a laundromat is, which is fine. That's easy to find. Toilets, very easy to find. Like once you're on the road, you see toilets everywhere. We've never struggled to find a toilet. But our, our toilet is, is like um, a diverter as well. So the, I think the main one is because you're going you're gonna to pee more than you poop more. Yeah. So peeing is like if you're on the road, like you want to just be able to either pee in a bush or we've got a, a toilet that diverts the urine and the, uh, the poop. And so you can just pee in a bucket. <laughs> but if, I, if we're being real here, yeah. like we have not peed into the bucket while sitting on the toilet. I literally just drop a squirt, yeah, <laughs> pee yeah, in the yeah. bucket. Yeah. So we use that a lot, like literally every single night we have a pee bucket. Yeah. Just sometimes, being honest. Yeah, we're, sometimes we're not close to to the toilets and, mm. um, and you end up peeing in a bucket and then you end up um, turfing that out. We just dump it back in the toilet. So when we go, go to the toilets in the mornings, when we're doing our number twos. Yeah. So we just intentionally drop it off then. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so that's something to be mindful of. Um, but yeah, noise is another thing. So I always wear earplugs anyway. So truck engine brakes, even if you are parked away from the road a bit, you still sometimes hear, it depends where you're parked. So sometimes there's really quiet spots that you find. And then other times like there's construction or truck brakes or whatever it is. Yeah. So you want to try and find your little nook, especially when there's, uh, there's a lot of street lights as well. So mm. it brines up. I mean, you're going to have curtains and whatnot, but some leaks us, through. Yeah, it does. It does all leak through. So yeah, try and find yourself a nook. I think that's the best way to go about it. Or an eye mask. I utilize my eye mask all the time. Yeah, Mark so. doesn't use any. Yes, did you have a cat one, a pussycat? <laughs> You're all pussycat eyeballs. Oh, my gosh. You get right. your job done every now and then. Um, and, yeah, so living in a tight space, obviously, you're working around each other. It's not a huge deal for us. Um, like, it is nice to occasionally spread yourself out. But um, I guess where I struggle is, like, or we both struggle is like when we're trying to do some sort of work, like if Mark's trying to do emails or I'm trying to do a coaching call or work, like, it's a very, even though we've got a table, like trying to fit both the laptops in and like trying to, especially if I'm on a call, like Mark doesn't really want to be in the van. So he goes out. I get distracted. Um, so he goes out, does a workout or whatever. Goes or I just a, set up my mat on the, um, find a nice green patch and I just. Yeah. Or you work little, outside. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's mainly just like, that's what I guess I'm struggling with is like not having a dedicated workspace. And, um, like everyone, like we're all used to going to work and coming home, right. Or having a study in your home. So it's, it's sort of like sucky not having an actual workspace. So yeah, that's something that I'm struggling with creativity wise, but we're making it work so far. It's just like, it would be nice to have some sort of work, dedicated workspace if you are. So that's, if you are working, like a lot of people who do van life, they just travel for six months or they're just traveling. And I don't know what they're doing for work, but some people, I don't know, some people just might not be working. And in that case, cool. You'd probably find it quite like comfortable, but yeah. it depends on what type of work you're doing. Like a lot of people who do van life, from what I've noticed, they're editing videos or doing some sort of video photography. It's all so online. They're not having to do like consultations. Like I'm doing coaching calls, so it's a bit different and 
So like the type of space that I feel I need is a bit more like sacred where if you're just like editing videos, it, you might find you can just do that outside, you know, you yeah. can do that in the park where I can't really do a coach. Like I want sort of a private little nook in yeah. here. So, um, Which I give you that space. Yeah, you do. You do. It's just more like I'm just differentiating the, the different types of work and I guess being oh, mindful gotcha. of that, yeah. like depending yeah. on your work, you might find you need more space or for creativity, for example, you might need crave that. So, yeah, that is one of the cons that that's probably the most, like, thingy for me. (laughs) Yeah. Not having a dedicated workspace. And obviously I don't know how to drive the the van, but also you're working around someone else, someone else's schedule. If you're actually traveling with someone. So if you're doing it by yourself, you're running on your own schedule, Mm -hmm. you've got your own car, you've got your own setup, like, it's cool. But when you get lonely. Yeah, lonely, right? So it depends, like, if you're a solo traveller. I know personally I wouldn't feel comfortable travelling in a van as a woman. That's just me. I'd love to go travel by myself. But if you're a man, you might find that really, like, freeing. So, yeah, I guess that's one of the pros of doing it as a single. If you feel comfortable, you've got your own schedule. You have no one else to work around. You have your own workspace. You can drive where you want and sit up where you want, where when you're with someone, you actually have to consider the other person. So yeah. that's um, something, you know, like if I want to go for a nature walk and do a hike and Mark wants a playground, yeah. it's like this thing in the morning where we don't have our own morning routine, like structured morning routine anymore. So that's something that, you know, we had you know, our own space at home where you would go read and yeah, set up like and I'll, stretch. Yeah. I like to get up back in the day, 4 o'clock in the morning. Now it's more like get up when the sun comes up. Yeah, but I, I'd also add the, the support. So although it's a con to for us to have the workspace, I'd, I'd say a pro is having the support being with someone else on the road mm. um, because, like, we've got on there as well. as like if you get into an accident, um, you you need the support of someone to help assist, and that could be your partner. But if you're solo, it could be a whole different issue. And that's also one of the cons is if your car breaks down, you've got to go plan B. Like you've got to, I mean, where are you going to go? Like if your car needs to be at the mechanics for a week because it's broken down, I mean, you've mm. got to find a place to stay for a good week. And so that's probably something to consider as well. So and it can happen. I'm not like with us. Uh, we've we've had to just take it to the mechanics once, and then the auto electrician once. So. You know, half the, a day. Yeah, half a day. Yeah, so we just go to that local park. No big issue for us. But yeah, that's probably one of the other cons. Um, yeah, other thought, than that, that's mainly it. It was yeah. more just like, for me, it's just like that little bit of loss of independence. Like, you know, like you don't have your own car to just go off and do food shopping by yourself. Like, we're always doing food shopping together now yeah. and like literally everything together, which. Like, it hasn't been a major issue, but no. it's just more... I know potentially other couples who would just go fucking insane with that. So, like, we're lucky we've got good communication and we share our needs and wants with yeah. each other. Like, we're not sort of, like, scared of doing that and opening up in that way. But, um... Yeah, some some people need need some time off with a partner as well. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I have said it to Laura where I need some time and, and I'll take the time, but... We're at a we're at a really good place uh, in our lives where it's like we're we're able to be independent, codependent, and interdependent, and so we we do, we don't necessarily need to be with each other all the time. But of obviously being in van life, you have to be with each other all the time. But like Laura said, it's just the communication and just respecting mm. each other um, and helping to support each other along the way. Like there's times where 
Laura just isn't feeling right. So I might do some chores around the house. I might go clean up. I might cook her a four-course meal. <laughs> and she's out there with a little spatchy spatch. <laughs> Yeah. So that's an inside <laughs> joke now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll man up and I'll, I'll comfort her, tend to her needs. Obviously, she, she's not feeling right, and she does the same for me. So times where I'm not feeling right, um, she acknowledges it, and then she appreciates it, and she, she helps support me. So I think it goes both ways, and so that's the beautiful thing about uh, doing it with someone else, especially uh, the love of your life and your partner. I love that you brought that up because, like, I guess when you're doing van life with your partner mm. or with a friend, it's like there's nowhere to run. You can't just lock yourself in your room. Oh, you get it. So yeah. it's it's like a big thing of like, you know, being able to give each other space, even if it's like you're still in the same room but giving each other space or having your own sort of somewhat of a morning routine. Like I go out for a morning walk every single morning. You go outside and train nearly yeah. every single morning. So we and you read your book yeah, and you meditate yeah, i meditate yeah. so we still have you know those anchors yeah that we like it's somewhat of our morning routine it's not as elaborate as it used to be yeah but, yeah um it's adapted to van life and i think that's really important to just have something like that have something that you do by yourself mm-hmm. um i know like like me and you're very independent people so yeah having some sort of solo routine or something that you do by yourself it has been really i don't know i feel like that's really valuable um to be able to do that but yeah anyways onto some questions that people have asked like where do we shower so we were showering mostly by the beach so when we were by the beach we like most of them have like some sort of outdoor public shower so we would go there that's really handy like if you ever need to have a shower we just type in the nearest surf club yeah and there's usually a shower there and you can fill up there usually like you fill up your water tank so yeah we would be using their shower otherwise now they're not hot showers by the way they're cold showers so you better get used to cold showers yeah not hot showers so and we've got one attached to the van so obviously if we're in a place that we can park up and shower but we also got to be mindful if we do do that as mark was saying we need to have a water source or know a nearby tap because it does sort of chew through probably like half of our tank Mm -hmm. water potentially for both showering and then there's also what the um swimming pool which you can pay five dollars twenty to get have a have yourself a hot shower in there if you wanted to hot private shower if you want to shave your legs or Um, park up at a mate's house knock on their door hey mate yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the options we haven't had one i know a lot of people join gyms like anytime fitness and yeah um use their showers we We just don't go to the gym (laughs) i don't know not these days just like when you've got like all these all the outdoor yeah um, just not a vibe for me these days yeah um so yeah we've used public pools and um the beaches beachside is really helpful otherwise we just you know some days we just you know a good old baby wipe um one time like the other day i shaved my (laughs) legs in the sink (laughs) um just got a bowl of hot water it was actually the best time like that was probably the best i've ever shaved my legs i was like so close and i could see everything so Mm -hmm. I will probably be doing that more often. And you save water. Yeah. Like you save, instead of like, you know, in the shower shaving your legs, I just literally filled up a little bowl and shaved my legs. So I'll be doing that more. <laughs> no shame. Nice. And I don't know if we mentioned it. Like, did we mention that we're pretty much like the thing with van life is that you're 
cooking, eating, no, I don't sleeping, think pissing, all in the same area, yeah, working, <laughs> working like, like, it's all, like, It's yeah. in the same conf- uh, confine of, like, the, the van, so you can... I mean, You're brushing your teeth, yeah, like it's everything. all in the same. So you just gotta be, you just gotta accept it, really. Yeah, like obviously our toothbrushes are put away. Like, so yeah, it's not it's getting not, like food smells and it's not dingy. So where people, where like I feel like they get, there's a bad rap on the vans is is where people don't look after or clean their van. I've seen vans where there's fucking mold growing in their van. And they're, they're just, they're living in it full time. I just go, mate, that's just like, that can't be good for your health. So we're, we're, I'm constantly cleaning, Laura's constantly cleaning, and we're conscious of, 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 of our, of our cleanliness. So us saying that we eat piss and, um, all that kind of stuff, that's all hygienic. Like we've, we've got the, yeah, the, the pee bucket has a, it's in the and toilet, it's in, yeah. in the toilet yeah. area. The toothbrushes are put away. We've got, our laundry has a specific, soap, our dirty laundry. Like, like, don't judge us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't be judging us right now. No, but it's, like, well thought out. It's just, like, everything needs a place. That's what I was saying before. It's, yeah. like, our dirty laundry has a place. Our shoes have a place. Yeah. Um, our toothbrush, our toiletries. Um, we've got air vents. We've got the ceiling fan. Um, yeah. We, we, we wipe down. Like, yeah. we. And we, having something plumbed in, so, like, I know some vans, they don't have a sink plumbed in, so they're using baby wipes constantly. Constantly, yeah, So no, we're actually, yeah. you know, able to wash our hands with soap. <laughs> let, me, let me just quickly add that. So there's some downsides to, to van life because um, where, where people cut corners or people are just half-assing or just even just getting their feet wet but they'll, they'll just won't spend the money is, is obviously what Laura was talking about. They just don't have a sink plumbed in. Maybe you don't need to. There's the other one where they, they keep a gas bottle inside the van, which we shouldn't shouldn't have and yeah it's actually legal to have a gas bottle in the van um the way i've gotten around it is it's it's been um installed from the outside so the box is self-contained and if anything leaks it goes to the outside uh what was the other one and just electrical stuff like if you if you're wiring up 240 to go in from the van um that's a you, you got to make sure it's done by a qualified electrician like those are and, and same with the gas i got a qualified plumber to install the gas Hence why we got it insured and got it um, converted into a motorhome, registered. Because everything was signed off. Yeah, it was all signed off. But if you're going to do a, a, a small scale and you're just going to have a little gas burner, like the ones that I'm talking about, the propane gas, the little mm. small bottles, yeah, it's fine. And if you've got a little like jug of water that you're going to clean, clean your hands and wash your hands and, and do all that kind of stuff, that's fine. But what I'm saying is like the no-nos is playing around with gas and wiring if you don't know how to install it and, yeah. and get the right people to install it. And that's what all I can say about that. So we probably spent like, you know, 3K on, you know, on outsourcing trades. on trades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's all calculated into the like 18K yeah. um, that we sort of spent. So yeah. we got it done properly, but that also allowed us to get it properly insured as well. Yeah, yeah. And registered. Because I so. can't sign off on that and Vic Rhodes mm. need to see the, the sign off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so where do we park up at night? So New South Wales was trickier than Queensland. So New South Wales, they pretty much most beaches will have like either a no camping sign or a no overnight staying sign. So we found that no camping, you can sort of get around that because camping means you're literally unpacking. Yeah. 
So, like, you're setting up a tent and packing it down. So, that's no camping. So, you can sort of get around it. But when it says, if the sign states, no sleeping in vehicles or staying overnight. They've literally got, like, a picture of a van. Yeah. (laughs) So, some say that. So, then it's sort of like, uh, do I want to test that? Probably not. But, um... They do have the other one where it's like um, you can't be parking there from like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. Till 5 a.m. 5 a.m. So that means you don't, don't, yeah, you're not allowed to park there. Yeah. But otherwise, Queensland has been really easy. But in saying that, even in New South Wales, we still always found somewhere because even, even if they had like a no camping sign, for example, if you're trying to abide by that even, um, that was actually on the beach. So it wasn't actually in the car park. Yeah, correct. So I was just like, well, that's that's stating that no camping on the beach, not necessarily no, like, you know, staying in your vehicle in the car park. So yeah. that sort of eased my mind. I'm like, you know what? Well, that's clearly indicating like it's on that side of the car park. So yeah. if it was part of the car park rules, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, a sign in the concrete. So, yeah. um yeah, those are just some things to be mindful of in New South Wales because, yeah, they're all over that sort of stuff. And and going, like, and we were getting warning signs of, like, because hey, we were heading towards Byron Bay, and I, I, I just wanted to drive past Byron Bay because it's just too hectic and too chaotic. But they were saying that, um, yeah, try, trying to do an overnight stay at Byron Bay or areas around that, near that area, it was just pretty much impossible. So we were just, like, we didn't even think about parking there at all. We no. just we just had to, had a had a feed uh, stocked up on some veg and we just booted on out. But like, where and that's the thing that so there's where you want to be parked or places you want to go visit. There are some RV or motorhome friendly towns, caravan park towns. Those are the ones you want to go in and stay in. So they will they will have a lot of parking or even just overnight stays where you can just park up your caravan or your your van or your motorhome. And they make it so easy and they just, they appreciate that where some, like other um, suburbs, so like Byron Bay, I think van lifers or have, people have, not all of them, but some people have um, put a bad name to it because I've heard some stories where people shit in bags and they'll just throw it out on the street, they'll just dump their urine wherever it is. And they'll just litter in the car parks, and that becomes obviously you wouldn't want that in your suburb, would you? So obviously, the the people who live there have, have probably uh, spoken to council about, it and they've got all the signs up, and now they you pretty much can't park up there, and so it's pretty much just for like visits. So where where I want to recommend is to go check out RV friendly towns. Mm. Uh, Gimpy is one of them, which is where we're sort of floating around. And we've seen a couple on the road, which is really cool because you can actually, they've actually got signs where you can stay overnight. Where was it? Eden. That was just when you yeah. enter New South Wales. That was a beautiful was place as well. Really yeah. nice. And that was an RV friendly town. Yeah. Um, I like it because it's, although there's a bit of a bad rap on, on van lifers and, and the way they leave the state of, of the place, but then you've got a lot of older people who are just traveling in motorhomes who are very respectful and they just want to, you know, they're at their retirement and they just want to travel. And I've noticed a lot of older people aren't in their motorhomes. They're in vans like what we've got and they've mm. decked out vans. And I, I'm probably assuming because maybe the motorhome industry has gone gangbusters as well and there's this two-year delay. And so they've just opted to get a van, deck it out for maybe a half the price or even a fraction of it of what a motorhome costs. And then being able to do travel around Australia uh, as they please. So yeah, try yeah. What I also want to say is try not to ruin it 
for those people as well because they're at a point where they just want to enjoy the travel around Australia just like everyone else. And so if you are going to um, go to these uh, caravan or uh, van-friendly um, suburbs or towns, respect it, put away your rubbish and uh, try not to loiter around and, and dump dump your crap everywhere. So be respectful. Yeah, just be mindful. And like the amount of times that in the morning we've picked up, if we've stayed at a park, like Mark's gone out and picked up other people's rubbish and put it in the bin because he's like, fuck, I don't want other people thinking that that's our rubbish and we're filthy and it's filthy van lifers. Yeah, you, you know, get, like you get that projection assumption. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's nice to be able to clean up after others where you can just to sort of respect the community. But um, yeah, so yeah, in regards to other places that we park, where else have we parked? On the sides of national parks. Yeah, national parks. Ovals, footy ovals. ovals skate parks. Skate parks, yeah. Skate parks, because skate parks usually always have toilets and taps. They're good locations. Yeah. Near walking tracks. Yeah. You know, where there's like car parks near walking tracks. Yeah, just, just with also just a side note, just we've learned that if you're going to go find a parking space, you want to get to the place that you're getting to. And you want to spend at least with a bit with a bit of sunlight left over. You don't want to be finding a park parking spot in the dark. So you want to get to the place a little bit early, the suburb, or town, wherever you want to um, you're visiting, and then start scoping around the area. So start doing a mainy drive around the main streets, and then drive around the parks. And Laura navigates on the GPS really well, so she finds as much green as possible. Yeah, I just look at the green patches and zoom <laughs> in. I'm like, okay, go, we'll go here and we just sort of do a yeah. lap around there and suss it. It's just a bit of exploration. and It's yeah. probably like the most we've probably time we've taken to find a car park is probably, well, like half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the most time. Well, other times it's, it's not that... It's not that hard to find a car yeah. free park. And we've, okay, so another thing, we've stayed in a caravan park, is it twice? Yeah, probably twice. Twice. Um, the rest has just been free camping, so it's, yeah, literally just been three nights total in a caravan type of park. Which they're not cheap. No, and they're, like, caravan parks are, like, probably around 40 bucks to 45 bucks and if you yeah a night and if you have um if you're in a van and you're fully powered and everything they still make you pay for a powered site they won't let you pay for just like an unpowered site because they want to save that just for the tents so you're having to pay for the powered site as well and yeah like 45 bucks a night like that adds up that's like a feed yeah for two yeah. <laughs> so and then you got to still pay for your laundry at their laundromat so um that was basically why we first started that's, going to that's laundry. luxury going to a, a caravan park that is luxury but even it just wasn't even that fun <laughs> i don't know like i like what we do now anyway yeah no we got a good we're sort of in a groove yeah. yeah but yeah so that's around finding a park um to park you up your van and yeah in regards to pooping like yeah obviously we've got a toilet in here but mostly we there's a public toilet and we just sort of like in the morning we're either parked up near a public toilet or we just drive down the road to um so that's easy peasy yeah unless you have like a pooping or digestive issue where you're constantly needing to use the bathroom because i understand that does happen for some people then you might want to definitely consider having a toilet in your van which we've got for, sa for safety uh, precautions because yeah if, if there isn't a toilet nearby we can use our 
our toilet that we've got inside. But worse comes to worse, like literally, you could, if you even didn't have a toilet and you just had a pee bucket, for example, all you need to do is get a little garbage bag, yeah. put it over the sides of your pee bucket, like obviously empty out the pee, take your poop. Yeah. Obviously, you got to drop a squat, but it's like doable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm. I assume van lifers do do that. Right? Yeah. Just shit in a bag, which we we've got that same concept as well. We just we've got a toilet seat, and then it goes into a bag that goes into a bucket, and then we just tie up the bag. But I've got dry sand, or we can either put sawdust just to help with the smell and help with um, breaking mm. down the the uh, the poop, and um, yeah, and that yeah. just gets turfed out. So that's that's the toilet situation. What about storage? So storage for us, we've got overhead cabinetries. Laura's got the left side. I've got the right side. All our clothes fit in after downsizing. So that's three. We've yep. got three little three. cabinets yep. each. We've got the front. Uh, we've got the kitchen and where we hold the towels and toiletries. So that's in the front uh, corner. So that's an L shape uh, towards the the front of the cabin. and where Pots and pans. Yep. We've got literally two plates, two small plates, four bowls four small balls and like a couple of containers and a big sort of stainless steel bowl. And that's sort of all the sort of, oh, and we've got heaps of Yeti mugs. We've got about six Yeti mugs. Um, So they're like stainless steel mugs. So it keeps everything super hot or cold. Um, Over-engineered thermos. That's what they are. (gasps) Yeti. Check them out there. The, I really like the design of them and I like the the lids because the lids are easy to clean. They're, they're, they're super high tech. Just seriously, <laughs> go to your local camping store. If they're good enough, they'd be stocking Yeti. I am not sponsored by them. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be. Because <laughs> they got some really cool stuff. But they really are legitimately like the best thermos. I've, like Thermo is a brand, um, but this should take, a, take the cake for, for the new Thermo brand. So. Yeah. So we've got that. So we've got like uh, about five cabinets for like kitchen slash toiletry slash towels. Yeah. Um, we've got drawers. We've got the double uh, the, on the drawers. We've got the. We'll the, have to just do a van life. Well, it's yeah, hard to explain. Yeah, it's hard to explain. But, but yeah, storage. What, we've got plenty. Yeah, with the storage, I just wanted to say yeah, the garage is at the back, so where the two doors open up the back, and then we've just got the pantry underneath the bed for um, yeah easy access. Mm. Yeah. And then, oh, I want to throw this question at you, babe. How do you make money is what everyone wants to know because when you're on the road and you don't have a, a standstill job or a secure job and day-to-day nine-to-five grind, <laughs> what, how do you make money? Yeah, so we, I was going to ask you this question. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped in. I didn't know you could see my notes. Um, yeah, so, well, Mark, Marky Mark, he yes. budgeted – like crazy like he's all into the barefoot investor so um i like we, i like i like uh, working out my figures i like yeah, to take calculators yeah so um yeah you really figured out how long our finances would last us yeah um like obviously i work from my computer doing all the coaching stuff what i'm making is bonus money mm-hmm. but basically we were sort of intending to because i didn't know how much i could She's really my sugar mama. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> i didn't know how long like how i would adapt to working on the road so obviously i didn't want to like inundate myself and yeah. you know be working the whole time obviously i want to enjoy this process so we always said 
any money that I make will be bonus money. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, all of our savings, we calculated how long they would last. And the good thing is we figured out it's pretty much end of July. That's when, yeah, yeah. we'd sort of run out. And the intention was, and I'm pretty sure we um, shared this in another episode, but our intention of doing van life and hitting the road, it was always to end up settling at a bigger property and finding our piece of land and still living small. Like, we're still going to be living in the van probably when we... But living large on the farm. But, yeah, having more land around us and being stationed because, in all honesty, like... That's probably another con about van life. It depends on your personality, but I'm a very, like, I I thrive in routine and being grounded in a home. Yeah. Like, I, I like that. Yeah. I'm a homebody. And there's other people who just love traveling and can travel their hearts out and just constantly, like, nomadic. It's fun, but my nervous system is just, like, I want to stay grounded sometimes and I want a bit of routine and you know, a, a spot that I go home to every night, you know? Yeah. So you got to consider your personality in the whole thing. Like, I, I wouldn't change a thing about it, but I always knew that we wouldn't be doing this forever. Well, we are going to transition. So it wasn't like yeah. like this, like everything we've, we've done, we've strategically planned. So a lot of people think that how we've gone about it, um, has it been fluke? Has it been luck? Has it been... Winged. Uh, like, yeah, just winged. Wing did you just wing it? Uh, no, we, we didn't. Like, we... We calculated, we strategized, and we had intention behind what we were doing. So we knew that van life wasn't going to be a long-term gig. It was just going to be an experience that we can share, that we can um, really take take home with us, and then we'll transition. And the reason why we got the van is so we can be mobile on the road and we can look at and really get to know the suburb or the area that we want to purchase land, and which will end up being our new home. So that, that was the intention behind that, which we're – you know, we've been successful in doing because... Um, we signed the contract. Yeah, we signed the contract. It's it's all underway and and we settle uh, next month. So that that is very exciting for us. But it's just the beginning for us as well because we've had this big vision for a very long time and it's really want to have this open land where we can um, really run workshops and retreats and really service um, other people and ourselves uh, and really have a place we can call home and, and have a self-sufficient way of life and to build a lot of surplus so then you know when when things do go south or you know when when we start to raise a family we're able to pass on some of the wisdom and the knowledge that we've learned or some of the lessons and things that we didn't get to learn as kids that we want to pass down towards them so i think that was that was the biggest driver for us to to build the van to 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 leave victoria uh due to some of the the um the restrictions and some of the the outright no what would you call it you know. just got to pick up your chessboard and leave <laughs> I, I do i don't i didn't want to go down that route but yeah we, <laughs> we just wanted to 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 have a fresh start and knowing that moving up north is closer to my um where my origins are as well so being more in the tropics we, we love our sun time laura loves sun baking uh, bathing sorry not baking <laughs> yeah um, and and yeah we just want to be more outdoors more active and so just like the slower lifestyle up here like i've always wanted even before melbourne lockdowns like we've always for yeah. the past like since we've been together we've always said we want to move up to queensland yeah um so that has always been the plan and yeah i guess it's been refined with like strategy 
around building out the van and you know like the van is an asset like even though yeah we've we would have been traveling probably around like four months by the time we move in to the house when that settles yeah february march april may june yeah five months five months yeah yeah. so even though like yeah we lived in it permanently for five months but it's an asset like if we ever have to move like you you can it's a weekender it's like if you need to pack your shit up and go you just go yeah airbnb Um, friends and family of ours would probably want to hire it out i mean things like that i think I think the the way the way I think the future where where I want to spend my time and energy in the future is is really just learning practical things, whether it's skill sets and and things that help create surplus or adds value to my life and the people around me. So I'd rather spend time and investment in that. And so how I'm going to be making money is I've got some work lined up on the farm to build some tiny ha- houses. For, the farm is in our property, yeah. Oh, our property, yes. It'll, <laughs> it'll eventually be a farm. Yeah, you work <laughs> but just, yeah, just to build some tiny houses. Um, there's a few things we've got to do there. And once that's on the on the go, I've also going to be start working on my side passion and start building that, my personal business. So that's all part of the Marla movement that we're trying to co-create together, baby. Yeah, baby. So is it worth it? So the question <laughs> is, what worth it? The van build, the van life, all of it, all of it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Like I'll I will go on another podcast episode on this one, but it's really where we've we've planned it, we've mapped it, we've visioned it, we're actioning it, and I think a lot of people out there will, are living vicariously through what we do or what other people do that they need to start to really dig deep or even even ask themselves the important questions like is it worth it for you is it worth it for you to go out there and give it a good crack and i think a lot of people you know i'd I'd say go for it because what do you got to lose at the end of the day you don't want to be sitting on your rocking chair at the age of 80 and going like i wish i had of you know had decked out a van and travel because when you get to that age of retirement how mobile is the body how how big is that vision or how motivated you are are you to go travel and some people might even just throw in the towel and go you know i'm done but while you're still healthy while you're still functional while you're still capable of make of earning as well at a young age make the investment i i highly uh, recommend it i reckon it's worth it i've met a lot of awesome people i've seen a lot of cool places and like I said at the start, if you can't wholeheartedly dive yourself and invest and put the money up front, then do it short term. Do a little trip, do something just to get your feet a little bit wet and start to connect with the community. Uh, feel free to connect with us at marla.movement on Instagram. Uh, we're happy to share and give you guys some advice and some van van build tips. Uh, what else you got to share there? Yeah, no, you pretty much said you, it now. You worth, worth it? Yeah, worth it. Yeah, definitely. Worth it. Like, even though, like, yeah, we listed off a few cons, but it's just more like, because people are more curious. Like, obviously, there's heaps of positives and heaps of, like, you know, pros of doing van life, but I guess we just wanted to keep it real in, like, what we're sort of, like, having to be conscious of or mindful of or, yeah. you know, the, the blocks that we're sort of coming up for us. Like, we're navigating them for sure, but it's just something to be mindful of going in it because I think there's such a pretty picture of van life painted on Instagram Mm. and all like social medias that people are really curious. Well, like, is it that good? Like, sure. Like, of course, nothing's ever rainbows and sunshines. Like relationships aren't like, there's all those like behind the scenes moments that shit happens. So we just wanted to like, 
paint more of like a whole picture for you of just things to be consciously aware of going into it so you can adapt you can prepare for it you're more well equipped if you are going down that road and just yeah to be mindful of those couple things that we mentioned like they're not fucking deal breakers by any means it's just yeah heads up yeah yeah well said so um but yeah totally worth it Awesome, I love it. We literally like go to bed every single night. We're like, I love our van. I love our life. Yeah. Like, and as cheesy as that sounds, but we literally most nights we are, we're saying we're that. We're just in love with life, really. And I, obviously, be mindful of who you do it with. And I wouldn't recommend of like living, you know, in separate houses and then moving into a van slowly, slowly. Yeah. Um, Transition. Even just moving into a house with your partner can be intense. We loved it, but I know some people. You know, they always say, like, it's a deal breaker when you live together. That's where it'll make or break sometimes. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, just think about how you actually live together and navigate each other in a house. Yeah. And, yeah, just think about how you could navigate that in a van or in a smaller space where there's nowhere to run. It's yeah. conversation. It's, you know, open communication. Mm. Super important. So, um, yeah, just love it. Love it. Love doing it with you, baby. I love you too. All right, guys, this is a wrap-up. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll give you some more, I guess, van life tips. But we're we're moving towards the farm, so we'll probably be giving you more farm tips. Yeah. uh, Down the track. Self-sufficient living. (laughs) Yeah, self-sufficient living. But I'm going to be cranking up some more of um, some of the mindful movement that I've been doing over the years. So I'm going to be sharing and um possibly getting a program together so if anyone's interested in learning how to build some some foundational movement i think that's a that's going to be a winner so maybe i should interview you about that yeah feel free all right all right peace out guys (laughs) bye see ya Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We hope you loved this episode. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcast with your favorite takeaway from this episode, because that way we know what you're loving. And it also helps share this podcast with new people and get it into new people's ears and share the message. We would really, really value your support in that because that just really helps keep the podcast growing and allows us to keep on showing up in this way for you. Another way you can share the love is just simply sending this episode to someone you think would benefit or even just taking a screenshot and sharing it on your Insta stories and tagging us. We'd love to see that you're tuning in and get to know you over on the gram. So we'd love to see that. Again, thank you so much for hanging out and we'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.